1: It was one of those things where I was like, I need to do something to stay sane. And I was like, I went back to the book idea and something just really weird happened. I just kind of woke up about six o'clock in the morning, and just kind of went, I'll open up the laptop and I'll write the first sentence. I wrote the first chapter and I was like, that just felt good to write. Don't get me wrong it took a lot of like rewriting and drafts and stuff but i ended up with like a couple of pages two or three pages and i was there going i just actually quite like this kind of almost brain dump onto the the digital page on my laptop i I just enjoyed writing the next thing you know it was almost like right if, if i do this every morning just for like 45 minutes or so who knows i might have a book and that's what i did and i just did it every morning for about 45 minutes like kind of planned it out a little bit more. What did I exactly want to talk about? How I was going to split it up? And then it became more of a thing. I was like, okay, this has become like a mini project that I need to finish now.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of 2020, Corey Pese here with Siobhan and Ben, and we're, as always, extremely excited to welcome back for part two, uh, Mr. Richard Shaw, Uh, formerly of Cradle of Filth, now he's doing his own thing, he's playing with a lot of different bands, he's an author, he's got a book out, uh, and he's also just one of our favorite guests to talk to.
3: Yeah, we get a lot more into, you know, his writing process, what he's doing now, writing his book, which we talk about a lot. Some just really incredible tips about how to finish projects that you start and how to do them quickly. He really gives us a lot of insight into getting going on the things that you've been wanting to do for a long time.
2: Yeah, Please like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your input, Ben. Part two with Richard Shaw.
0: gentlemen, I'm Benny Goodman, and I am so excited to be here with my cohorts in crime, Corey and Siobhan. But without further ado, I'd like to reintroduce someone that if you've been following us since the beginning, our British ambassador, our guitar Jedi, our true friend that I, I honestly have to say, like, it's just such a philosopher and understander, if that's a word I'm going to make <laughs> up. But just I think philosopher is your favorite word. Great dude. But also, again author of this incredible book, which we'll get into. His name is Sir Richard
3: Shaw. Hi, Richard. Recently knighted by Lost Symphony. Uh, I might
1: wave like the queen, actually. That's how she does it. Seems appropriate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was actually told he was knighted by Elton John, but the ceremony wasn't filmed for the sake of legality.
1: I'm gonna put that on like, I'm gonna make my own Wikipedia page and I think I'm thinking I'm gonna put that on that.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's I actually already made one, so you can just change it if you want. It says composed awesome. by Benny Goodman, at the Benny
1: Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy who, who's in charge of his own Wikipedia page.
3: You should and you should say Richard Shaw, parentheses of Richard Shaw.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Formerly Richard oh. Shaw of Richard Shaw Cradle of Filth.
3: To manifest of, the future.
1: Of, of the Richard Shaw orchestra. I'm there, do we
2: that. there we yeah. go there we go you know what's Absolutely. bullshit? I just looked it up and you are listed on Wikipedia under the Richard Shaw you know there's like 12 of them and you're listed but you're the only one without a link it says Richard Shaw British guita- British guitarist oh,
1: I see it as an opportunity all I've ever wanted is my own link it, it, the
2: blue yeah. you need the blue link you're just you're just black text right now you'll you'll get there though
0: someday.
1: One day I'll be elevated from text to link and I'll know I've made it.
0: Well, I'll tell you when you know you haven't made it is when you happen to play keyboards and and bass on a song that becomes internationally known. And then a Grammy Award winning uh, producer of the year says that he played those parts. And then you have to go on to Wikipedia to change it, that it's actually you since you don't have a a presence on Wikipedia because nobody cares about you because you're not the producer of the year, according to the Grammy organization. If anyone That's wants true. to know
2: any idea of what the hell he's talking about. Uh, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, we, let's hear
3: it.
0: Ben and
2: I worked <laughs> with Ollie Herbert, our the late, great Ollie Herbert, a friend of ours, and, uh, you know, contributor to Lost Symphony. Uh, he was in town working on Lost Symphony and also had to do some work for All That Remains. Uh, and he asked Ben and I to play on one of the tracks there, which we did. Now, Ollie, we love Ollie, but he didn't go and tell anyone in the band that we did this <laughs> or if he did he probably passingly mentioned it uh so we did all this work and it came out on this uh, you know record and everything and then you know you go on there and it's uh howard benson was a producer so it's all credited to him for all the parts that we did
3: can you tell us which song so we can go listen to it
2: the Thunder Dude. Rolls.
0: The Thunder okay. rolls, It's a cover of Garth Brooks and when yeah. we got it, basically the email was This just sounds like a bar band doing this. So I'm like, let's yeah. put some keyboards in it. It had no guitar solo and I'm like looking at Ollie, I'm like yeah you're in this band and there's no guitar solo. So immediately we put like keyboards, a guitar solo. And then like the bass was just not where it should have been. So Corey's like, how about this? And then we sent it back and it was like, yes, all exclamation points. And then when we got it back, they had cut up my keyboard part, put it through the entire fucking song. And I'm like, what is this? And then it came out and we're like, who played on this? And it's like Howard Benson.
3: So you kind of used, you sort of produced the song and then it was reproduced based on your production. It was,
2: it had gone through so many different (laughs) iterations. Yeah, by the time they were done, even like the bass part, it changed halfway through, they decided to add another section. So you just see the bass tone changes for like a verse.
0: And (laughs) they added a singer afterwards. But I, I I argue that uh, if we release the version that Corey and I have on our computer, that it's, fucking rad yeah. but you know well, when I mentioned it to some of the bandmates they're like let's just leave that one alone. I was alone. gonna say I would argue that that would
2: be a, a intellectual property theft but <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> it's on youtube.com slash Corey pays a theft. Yeah. <laughs> but-
3: <laughs> so wild anyways, though. I mean, you could, you yeah. could be a session player or something go in and play something and then all of a sudden you you hear the final product and you're like oh my gosh What? <laughs> Yeah. There is a little no, was bit of def- a leap of faith yeah. you have to take no, with those things.
0: Did you hear about the song Give Me Shelter by Rolling Stones? That happened. So this girl this girl back in like the sixties, she um, you know, a female singer, she went in the studio, she sang on Give Me Shelter, the, the the very famous part, Ah Children, you know, that on on the Rolling Stones. And she said she didn't realize until like I think like it was a Monday, she heard herself on the radio and it was a number one hit. I don't think she got paid any money or anything and she's just hearing herself on this Rolling Stones hit. And like, yeah, that's happened for years where they basically just have people going in the studio and it's surprise, like Sting says. Like if you watch our last <laughs> episode, surprise, surprise! We're not going to pay you and you're going to be on this number one hit and we're going to take credit for it.
1: Well, that's the biggest of our musical last- surprise
3: right (laughs) speaking (laughs) of our last episode so in part one we talked with Richard about his departure from cradle of filth and you know moving on from that and I think in this episode maybe we can jump in and talk a little bit about what you're working on now uh some of your goals for the future your plans Uh, let's hear what's what is Richard Shaw of Richard Shaw doing now
1: (laughs) uh well I'm still teaching uh doing my online lessons doing guitar lessons songwriting lessons uh, anything just talking about music and guitar related stuff online uh, I have a book um, so it's, which is available on Amazon
3: fretboard and that... songwriting theory for metalheads and others
1: that is the one
0: so is that Which I can't reiterate by the way as as someone that's read this, I use a lot of this in in lessons that I do simply because you've taken a lot of abstract concepts. So like if you're nervous about music theory and you've been playing for a really long time, you're like, I don't I don't want to take the blue pill. This is a good way to take the blue pill, wake up in the matrix and actually understand what you're doing in a way where it's not like musically overwhelming, like let's say talking to Siobhan explaining your own music back to you. I'm going to buy like this that- for
3: Brock, actually, because that's one thing he hates is I get so immersed in the music theory and he's just kind of like, uh, oh, okay.
0: Didn't he take a lesson? Didn't you get him a lesson with Richard he at He did, yeah.
3: He had a few. I think yeah. he still needs to take his final lesson. Yeah, there's um, one
1: lesson left he has that one- <laughs> he's not had yet, but you you guys have been busy being rock stars. So, you know, whenever he's kind of bored, Brock is in death building
3: mode because he got a new, uh, for his birthday, a new sort of mixing console thing. Oh, what so do you Sorry, I, I no. got him that. That's okay. The S yeah. three, he got ah. the avid S three. Yeah. So now he has to build an Damn. entire new desk for it. So is that, that the thing is- we
0: were talking about buying the controller, Corey, the super cool one? Uh,
2: I don't remember having that conversation. Is it? It's,
3: it's like <laughs> isn't ben that is like, like what the is giant... that thing that we can expense that we're going yeah, to yeah. buy for Lost Symphony? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, but I would I would also like that. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna have to go pay Brock a visit at some point.
3: Absolutely. Come on and check it out whenever. So, but yes, the speaking of he should be playing guitar also, but he is very much in dust building mixing mode. Um, but yes, back to your book, which we were talking about <laughs> before.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so the book was just something I came out with um, last December and it's, it's doing pretty well. I'm I'm surprised how many copies it sold and it's reaching people all over the world. I mean, Corey and Benny already have their copy which is still it still freaks me out to see people in a different country holding up their copy of it which is very very cool I
2: instantly got five percent better guitar the second I just held it in my hand uh <laughs> have yet to open it but just hold it I, that I should be a testimonial
3: fired. on the on the on the page to sell exactly. it. Well, yeah. well, well, you'd it out, out on actually, Amazon
1: review. i used yeah. it
0: i use your book as knowledge because i wrote a i wrote a riff for a band i'm working with and someone says that's that's still got the blues by uh gary moore and i i'm like no it's not i'm using a half diminished i'm playing the low korean and i'm like he's just playing a b7 flat five and I, I know that because I looked at this and I'm like, well. <laughs> the question is says, how accurate <laughs> was that statement? We need a says, fact checker on this the show. The Locrian has five flats and it's diminished, half diminished. M7 flat five will be more pleasing to the ear to practice with. So I, I know that I was in the Locrian. But I think it's is the, is the B7 flat five also in the Locrian. Does that make my whole argument stupid? Because I think it might be, isn't it?
1: Well, a B minus seven flat five. A minor a seven, minor it was a major seven, seven. it was a major uh, seven. Fly, yeah, all right. Five. So, so I was right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's the book, there's the teaching. I'm, I, I, well, I finished a tour with a band called King 810 uh, back in May, they did a UK and European tour. Can
2: we, what kind, kind of music? Of, can we go to that real quick? So, how, how did you link up with those guys? Because you mentioned you were basically right. Out with them right after the cradle
1: announcement yeah I mean they called me cuz ironically the guy who got me the job in cradle of filth lived down the road from me when I when I was still living in Derbyshire in the the middle of the UK Um, he called me I've known him for years when I got the cradle job it was like cradle are kind of getting desperate they need a guitar player um, without advertising they need a guitar player and he was their front of house sound guy so from Sounds of it cradle asked the crew if they knew anybody just to spread the word out a little bit further than who they already knew he recommended me obviously I got the job that's that so I stayed in touch with him even though he stopped working for the band a long time ago and uh, he was working with King 810 and he just kept asking me because they seem to have Pretty bad luck with guitar players. I don't know why. Like something always happens where guitar player's got to leave. But the drummer and the guitar player in that band always wear a mask anyway. So even if the drummer or guitar player needs to go, nobody really knows. And so they (laughs) they asked if I was available for a tour, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm not because I'm meant to be touring the states with Cradle." But in all honesty, I'm thinking of going. And they're like, "Okay, well, when you've made a decision, let us know." We we obviously happy either way. We don't want to put any pressure on you because we'll give you a few weeks and just keep us in the loop. And then when I knew I was going to go, I just kind of text them back. Uh, except that was, again, through, sorry, backtrack. That was through the sound guy for Cradle He was working with them. He recommended me to them. They knew of me because of Cradle and uh, they always wanted me, me to be part of it. Of the touring lineup but it never seemed to happen there was like quite a few tours where like we need a guitar player but i was already busy with cradle Uh, and this time i just went you know what i'm i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna tell cradle i'm gone so and that and that was it so i did that one tour with those guys hopefully there'll be more with them but i don't think they've got any more tours booked at the moment but if they want me back i'll happily do it i'm just pure session with those guys i'm not writing or anything like that at the moment uh, I'm auditioning for your band. (laughs) That's a pretty cool mask. Thank
3: you. This looks like a a Hector Hellion mask almost, like something he would be wearing. It's funny you say
0: that because I had him do an interview, and during the interview I just kept changing what was on his face, (laughs) and it was making
3: the guy that was interviewing him die laughing, and Hector had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious about what you use this mask for outside of this context. Okay, it's funny you say that
0: because I walk
3: my dog at night, and um you know
0: sometimes That's people not don't where see my you, brain. So I, have, I have a uh I have a um uh an LED um it's a whole uh, hood thing like a whole hood. So to
3: appear that, less that, scary at night you that, wear an that, LED hood.
0: I'll 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 bring it down. I'll I'll you guys keep talking. I'll be back. No, please please don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just to annoy Corey now. Uh, anyways. <laughs>
3: Well, can you tell us? I mean, you you referenced that tour. You know what it was like in the part one or the last episode we did with you last week. Can you talk a little bit more about that experience coming out of Cradle and then touring with a different band? You know, some of the venues, how it felt, like what what was that like?
1: Yeah, it was it was awesome because I I went into it knowing they're a, a smaller band, and like I said before, I don't care the size of a band as long as I dig the music and. I get on with the people who are in it, I'm, I'm all up for it. Uh, it helped that my girlfriend Cherise is a huge King 810 fan. Like They kind of became known over here because Slipknot and Korn did a tour together over in the UK and Europe and King 810 were the me- the opening band mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden people were like, oh my god this is like the next Slipknot and uh, it was pretty crazy and I, I always liked the music, Cherise got me into them even more because she's a diehard fan and uh yeah i just got chatting to the guys i was like i think we can make this work um everything even re even on the way to rehearsals i was like i think i've learned everything correctly <laughs> <laughs> like playing in drop a playing the prs baritone guitars that i've never played baritones ah, brock's before. world I brock has the baritones doesn't he mm-hmm. so i so i ordered a couple of baritones for the tour and everything was kind of new and fresh, and I went into rehearsals going i've n- I've learned everything as well as I can. And those guys like let me have free reign, but also at the same time they're like, "Oh, by the way, we do this slightly different from the records. there's a lot to remember as what's going on like I've got these little changes that are a little bit different to the record, but I still have free reign on this section and it, it was very, very cool. And then we do the shows and it's super fun, super organic, everything just gelled well. I didn't have to worry about like how how do I fit in to their live performance because it just seemed to work organically, and um, yeah. So hopefully I'll do more tours with those guys, but I, I don't think we've got any more tours booked at the moment. But hopefully I'll I'll, I'll go out with them again. And uh, back to Benny. <laughs> do you think I have a chance?
3: Well, for anyone that isn't watching, we'll turn on the YouTube cast because or don't. he's in it's some sort or. This looks like a rave outfit. He's got like a hooded white LED with scary. I I, I
0: bought this for star set shows. And then I realized that when you're walking your dog after dark, that this is a great way not to get hit by cars.
3: It's also a great way to scare your neighbors. Oh, my neighbors are all like, there's Ben walking his dog. (laughs) I don't even know where you would order something like that, but.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we need an endorsement. We We can all wear them if they give us enough money.
3: It looks like a good DJ actually, outfit. I can
0: actually take your face and put it on this. So I can actually take a picture of your face and then put it on my face. Please
2: don't. So no thanks. Do that.
1: Genuinely terrifying. Genuinely. <laughs> that's <some> Texas Chainsaw <laughs> masker <massacre> weird shit. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, 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 the uh, 21st century version of a serial killer. I'm just yeah. going to... I not, digitally I'm stole your go, Yeah, I digitally stole it. I'm not going <laughs> to physically do it because that sounds like a lot of work you know (laughs) messy (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) oh Oh, man wow um you mentioned uh you know you wrote 50 songs pretty much immediately after leaving uh cradle uh do you have any plans for that stuff like what when you write songs you mentioned you kind of do it for yourself but you know you, you have all this this work here is there any is there a richard shaw solo project in the works
1: i i would like to think there will be need a band free. I kind of need a band. In all honesty, that's what it is. Um, Man, I'm, I'm volunteering. <laughs> I've got I've got like three relatively well-known drummers who have said they're down for it if I ever did it. So I kind of approached them just because obviously if it's my own thing, I'll be having I mean, to finance the thing and just go and just get out of curiosity, what do you charge for this, that, and the other? And
0: well, I'll, I'll tell you, you right now around. that yeah. if you want to send me tracks, I'll have Paul from Lost Symphony. Play to you, any of your songs, and I won't charge you anything. And then you can at least demo them, <laughs> and then send them to other Paul drummers for
3: free. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: pa, pa, that,
1: don't pull, you know he's ball, on the side? Like, yeah. he's,
0: he's on the sidewalk right now, going songs,
1: songs. Anyone
3: want songs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's cool with odd time signatures, right? Oh my god! I think after he, lost
3: Symphony, he kind of has to be. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Or he just invents his yeah. own. That was one of my favorite things about re- recording Vivaldi. It was like clearly in a certain time signature. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Paul put his own time signature here. Well, here's, and it's like here's a whole new Paul he, he only,
0: Paul's great. He only sees one beat at a time. He's like Cartesian thought. You, you are neither <laughs> the candle nor the burnt wax. You're just everything in between moment by moment. So where you're thinking in like seven, eight, Paul's thinking in one, one, just at a time. <laughs>
1: that's literally what my brother does as well he counts everything in one and he's brilliant <laughs> i don't know how he does it um it be like they're going one 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 I'm like, is this Ro- <laughs> is this robert robert yeah this is robert my, my brother yeah, yeah. yeah like and he's a great bass player and a really good guitar player he was, he was bass playing one of my old bands but i'd throw some even just some seven eight stuff and he's like what what are you on about what what the hell are you talking about 7-8 all music is in one and I thought he was joking until he showed me how he counted the 7-8 section I was like how do you count that a seven, works. eight,
0: section in one? That just works. one, 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 <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one, one, one. This must,
3: this must be a bass player thing. Because it's yeah. funny you say that. I, we, when we played a fest, couple festivals recently, we were opening for Mudvayne, and you know, I got a chance to talk to the bass player, and he seemed like he fell into that category. He's like, "Oh well, yeah, I, I'm just somebody that can't really be tamed." He's like, "I land in certain places, but you can't, you know, I'm just going to do what I want in between." <laughs> well, <have you> heard <laughs> and the he's drummer? brilliant. He's incredible. He's yeah. no, this is the bass player.
0: Well, I'm saying, but Mudvayne's drummer is like a math metal. Like he was one of the leaders of math metal. So mm-hmm. he like used to come up with all this complex shit. So I'm sure that Rhino, the bass player, uh, Orion, um, probably walked in and was like, I don't have a fucking clue. I'm just going to slap until it sounds right and I fall <laughs> on my feet. And I believe that, because if you listen to Mudvayne, that makes sense now.
3: Yeah. So anyway, could be a bass player thing. They just they just go one moment at a time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah, I'm just thinking of, of yeah, these songs that I've been writing. Just I've been writing whatever felt right. I've had a couple of friends just say, you know what, like you just want to write something for fun. And I did something with um, one of my old bandmates the other day where he was like, you know what, I miss writing with you. Should we just do something for the hell of it? No, no pressure. And how did he describe it? He said, I've got this idea for a song that imagine if... Tremonti and Alison Chains got in a bar fight with Thin Lizzy (laughs) that's how he described it to me and um I said okay I'll get working on it and and I like (laughs) working to briefs like that I was like that's pretty cool and he says just take your time whenever you've got time and bless uh my partner and Rory my son went to bed and I was like I picked up a baritone and a couple of hours later sent him the song and that was it. That's and awesome. It was, and, he, and he woke up the next day going, This is great. And the cool thing about him is, he was like, That night, he was like, Okay, I'm going to go to work, but I'll get listening to it when I get back from work. I woke up the following morning to him putting down all the vocals and all the harmonies on it.
3: Oh my gosh.
1: And then the next no, that's day, that's how like, it's okay. done. And then that, that's kind of what happened. And I think. We've, we've very nearly finished the song, and it's literally, this happened, like, what, four or five days ago? And it's just literally every morning, the other guy will wake up going, oh, there's the other parts, cool, I'll just load that into my door, and, okay, we'll put down some solos, right, so... He wakes up but the next morning the now. Thing. His guitar solos, and we've got the song's pretty much done now. Amazing! <laughs> we, we came wow. with, he told me that brief like four or five days ago.
0: Well, you said on the last podcast that you were talking about when you're writing for Cradle of Filth, it almost became like you know you're, you're clocking in. And for me, like I don't even release half of my tunes. And ninety percent of the tunes I write, but it's always like the good stuff that I do. That again, nobody hears is exactly like that. I'll, mm. I'll have the drums one night, and I'm like, I'll stay up all night. Playing the bass or the guitars because I'm so inspired. And then by the next day they have vocals. That's for me how like true inspiration. Like that's a barometer for me of how things are going well. Because your buddy told you he he said you know what what if uh, Alice and Chains and uh, Thin Lizzy and I, uh, I would you say Alice Cooper and uh, Tremonti, Tremonti all got into a bar fight. That is such a cool thing to like just sit like and try to make that work and. You stayed up, you worked on it, and then you volleyed it back to your buddy. He gets home from work and he's like, I could go to bed or I could respond musically to this. And I find that that musical back and forth is is kind of what, at least for me, is the most inspirational thing. Is when you play something, you volley it back to someone, they go, holy shit, what a great idea. And then they work on it obsessively and send it back to you until you guys eventually, six weeks later, after all the meth is gone, have to take a sleep. (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's kind of that's how i i like to collaborate like there have been times even in the cradle camp where i was like why is this song taking six months to write Mm -hmm. like like and i get it's a totally different style of music and we've got choirs and orchestras and all that kind of stuff so it is a little bit more lengthy but even just getting the core track written i was like why is why are we overcomplicating this process why is it taking forever to write a song which i think in certain cases, could end up as a weaker song because we've spent too much time on it. Um, ironically, the last thing I did with Cradle, even we'd after I left the band, I, there were two songs left over from a previous record that, to me, there was very much a reason there was too much <laughs> songs left over from a previous record. They just weren't good songs. And I can say that because one of them was mine. And I even said, I don't think the song is good enough. It, so it sh- and it, we didn't finish it next thing i know i've left the band it's like yeah we've finished the song we just need your guitars on it we'll we'll pay you to play the guitars on it as a session member i was like well that's funny because you weren't going to pay me to play the guitars on it when i was in the band <laughs> so um but it's, desperate it, times <laughs> <it's>, <laughs>
0: well hold on. you just brought up a good point there's a very thin line between inspiration perspiration and, and desperation <laughs> yeah and desperate
1: <laughs> yeah so it was, what am I was they, they just finished the song because of a contractual thing and so they're like okay so will you play guitars on it i was like even playing guitars on it if i was being brutally honest i'm like and as i say this is one of them's my song i'm just like this song just isn't good enough but i think it's still going to be released either way and um to, to i don't know to me when i'm writing something if i'm if it's not done almost like within a certain time frame i've moved on and I think that's just the way I work I'm very much because once I get working and I'm excited about something I can hopefully get something done pretty quickly like to to me when I worked on premeditated destruction it was not to toot my own horn but it came pretty quick the the solo uh, purely because what I had to work with was so good and when it's like you say the volleying thing yes I wasn't involved with the writing side it's like here you go (laughs) serve (laughs) Yeah. Here's the song. It's like, fuck, how am I going to return this? Yeah. But it, sometimes you're thinking, uh, shall, I, shall I forehand it? Shall I backhand it? Do I? But with that, it was like, cool, here you go.
3: Or if you're me, you Not just pull problem. your back and then fall onto the tennis court and you're like, I well, can't play What you play did
1: anymore. is you took, out,
0: you, took out your, you took out your lightsaber and your buddy, da- Mr. Danny Be- uh, Beardsley, is it Danny Beardsley, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was an incredible guitarist. And literally, I looked at Corey because this is one of the times this is right at the time when I realized that people were like lip syncing guitar solos. I didn't know that was a thing and hyper editing stuff. And I looked at Corey because I I, I could never play that in a million years. I'm like, is this real? But then you're like, oh, but I have a GoPro of what of me playing. And Corey and I actually had to pull it back up. And we're like, oh, he actually plays the whole song all the way through. Cause first off, we'd never do that. Cause we're not capable. <laughs> I mean, I'm barely capable of thinking in, in one, one sections of what you did. And you meanwhile, you solid minute straight in like 13 and it's murderous. And I got to tell you that that's when I realized that, you know, the creativity and the inspiration and also the way that we all work together um, is so important and why we called you to do more tunes. Because I, I looked to Corey and, and, Siobhan and I and Corey all talked afterwards like if he can do that with this song there's literally nothing we're going to throw at him that he's not going to come back with genius and you've every single time we've worked with you you send us something it's always like that's all I ever wanted every time
1: thanks but again imposter syndromes kicking in And (laughs) (laughs) and thinking you could have found somebody to do it. <laughs> like, like, somebody else could Bumble have. But it. wasn't it's, returning
0: my calls. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, but um,
2: it's, it's okay because yeah. our imposter syndrome uh, trumps yours. So you know we we think we don't you know deserve you. You don't think you de- we deserve us. And then it just it's a cycle that keeps everyone humble and uh, and apparently <laughs> I, creates good music. I deserve all of
1: this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like everyone except for Ben.
1: <laughs> just I call deserve, me Axel. Yeah, I deserve more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um just going back to the writing thing like i just find i when i have a brief even in cradle it was it was good it was like that it was almost <laughs> like the more songs we wrote the easier i found it was to write a song because it was mm-hmm. like okay we don't have this kind of song for the album that's where i come in i'm that guy who goes okay we've got this kind of song this kind of song this kind of song we haven't got this have that the more so and i i was that guy in cradle i i i think um and I've, I've done the same. Like, there's a band I'm working with at the moment, and uh, they're working with a producer, Ulrich Wilde. And, uh, they're, they're oh, yeah, Ulrich. we had him on the show. Yeah. The Ulrich Wilde. He's the greatest. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, I've not actually spoken to him yet, so I'm literally cool going guy. through the band. I'm writing the song tell, tell, with Tell band. him we
0: say hi when you speak to
1: him, please. I will. He'll be I like, will.
0: who, who, who are the... <laughs> <band?"> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm working with this particular band. They like what I did in Cradle. Uh, but they, bless them, they, they, it's it's hard to say this without, like, blowing my own trumpet, but they were like, even in Cradle, they knew I could do more than what Cradle was.
0: You're like the hottest stripper at the strip club. You're like, you could be somewhere better (laughs) than this. (laughs) (laughs) You're the Julia Roberts of this pretty woman.
1: That, that's made me
0: feel really good. Thanks. (laughs) Call me Richard Gear. You're not Richard. You're Julius. I'm this, Richard.
1: This is this is weird because th- th- they have a very special relationship in that film that we don't, Benny.
0: <laughs> that they got paid a lot of money to be together. <laughs> there is that. There. <laughs> I'm not paying you like Julia Roberts got paid by Richard Gear.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> if you ever look at um how much she got paid in that film um you could tell it was definitely in the early 90s inflation's a killer man oh like, yeah. <laughs> it's like how much for a week i think it was like three grand it's like yeah it wouldn't be that now yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like what's your killer. cash app <laughs> but um i can't remember what we were saying
3: oh you were talking oh, yeah. about oh, like, always <laughs> so, were working on this project so
1: they, i got, they I knew, got distracted they, by yeah. julia roberts yeah no they they all, knew all there was, was more wild. to there was more to that richard shaw yeah. than than and, richard and, shaw of and, and Filth, and therefore i was the hottest stripper at the strip club thank you benny um so that's where it came from so yeah so and they were like we we. Th- we, we think you can lend something to our music and again a similar thing we got talking and they said they want to do two different kind of albums and would I like to write help write the two albums and um i'm I'm ten songs deep into that right now as well amazing so it's, it's it's just one of those things where uh, when I know what to write and I write to a brief it, it comes way easier than just picking things out of thin air. I'm, Can we I'm not the one brief? of those writers.
0: What, what, what are you writing in the style of, or like, what's your premise or modus operandi with this band? Can we get into what the, the music sounds like?
1: What are you uh, writing? I don't know how much to say without giving the band away. Um,
3: That's okay but, if you can't touch on it.
1: Yeah, So, but uh, but they, 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 they do say that. They, they told me their influences. Obviously, they've got a, f- a couple of albums out already. And I was like, okay, I'll know what you're into. I know what you sound like. I know where you want to go. That's kind of enough. And then I just sent them a few tracks just to get started with and They were like, they really, really liked what I sent. So I was like, okay, at least I know I'm on the right track. Let's go down that route. And then they they would like WhatsApp me saying, we've got an idea for this kind of song. And I'm like, thanks. Because the second that happens, it's like I go away and do a similar thing where it's like, I've done it with them where they said, we, we want something... Um, guitar driven like a clean guitar part but could fit a, like a horror movie and then a similar thing where I was like okay clean guitar horror movie Rory went for a nap I wrote the thing send it off to them and they were fine with it. they were really happy with it so it's, it's almost like I can work quicker the more of a brief I have can
0: I ask you a question mm-hmm. about your book if you're writing for a horror movie what mode would you start in <laughs> would you say when you think horror is that is that more of an Aeolian thing or, or is that a Locrian thing for you?
1: Uh, maybe, lot, maybe lots Dorian, of Phrygian, Phrygian, would fit well with that, right? All of the above is because I I think it's no no secret I'm a huge fan of modal interchange and all that kind of stuff. Like the last chapter in my book about chromatic mediants, like because I could have gone further and then literally all my proofreaders were like, don't go further than that. <laughs> <laughs> please please don't go further than chromatic medium so it's like I my never whole life is further. having
3: gone further it doesn't serve you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so it, it was like that's why the book's a little shorter than i was in, intended to literally everybody was like that's enough probably save it for a different book but um well you're
0: writing for like, metalheads they didn't get to that chapter oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> save but it but for the f- niche people in the classical world that are studying like advanced music theory <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's like, this is
0: is Richard yeah. Shaw from Cradle of Filth? No, he hasn't played Beethoven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, go I? on, go on. <laughs> but um, no, like we were. That was a similar thing. I came across this like little pattern. Some of it's like theory led, and some of it is just okay. Let's pluck something out of the ether. Let's see where my hands naturally land. Like certain keys have certain moods to it. So moods and modes is kind of how I got kind of go like, with like it like Alex Skolnick like
3: Alex Skolnick's <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like um it's D kind of wait, the wait, saddest of
2: keys no it's D minor
3: D minor
1: D minor it's I'm, the same C one as C Lick My Love Pump isn't it my, <laughs> my,
3: my, my proofreaders
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm really sorry Siobhan that like you were drinking at that moment But I,
3: <laughs> thank god but for a Spinal Tap <laughs>
1: Spinal Tap yeah. like is saddest of all keys isn't it do you mind yeah Lick my love pump yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah like we were talking about jazz in the previous episode it's like just reminded me of uh, a Spinal Tap quote about jazz I don't know if you heard that one Oh, Wait, no. I Wait, love the want... their thing about jazz. It's the greatest. Their, their thing about jazz, it's like it's it's for, for musicians who are scared to play. It's like, why are they playing so quietly? Why? hold on. He the authentic <laughs> accent too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, he,
0: he, but my favorite part about it is like he's like, but it's just wrong. It's it's not it's not proper music. It's just it's just people playing the wrong notes. It's just simple like that. Like, why would you want to play? That's why they're playing so softly.
1: And you can go to college now and learn how to play incorrectly. I don't understand it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I'm excited for that new movie. I'm sorry. I know they do all these remakes, but I don't, I, I, I have to, I'm so excited that they're redoing, they're doing a second Spinal
1: Tap. The world needs more guy, Spinal Tap. There's already a second Spinal Tap, though. I mean, there's things online. There's, there's a, there is a Spinal Tap, too. And I have it on there DVD. Is? There is. And there that's is? why everybody talks about the sequel. It's like, there's already a Spinal Tap 2. Maybe this was a UK exclusive because
3: Americans, I don't think, know about this.
1: <laughs> is this like but the Mandala effect? M- most people don't know about it. It's, it talks about what happened basically after they broke up and then got back together. What are you talking about, Richard? This does not exist. I just Googled It does it. exist. It's called, the, it's called the Return of Spinal Tap. I swear to God, it's called the sp- Return of Spinal Tap. <laughs> I'm it's Googling. half live concert and half spoof. So it's kind oh, of shit. done differently. 1992.
0: Exactly. Wow. Okay, I remember that. So that's when they came out with that record that had like jazz, uh, had Slash <laughs> and um, Joe Satriani on like one track. And I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. I, think, I think they came out with an album and then they made like a live album, slash, they added yeah. some extra stuff. But it wasn't official
1: part D. I suppose not, but it's still a second Spinal Tap film, isn't it? <laughs> it <laughs> is. I feel like yeah.
0: this, this is a whole scene, the third Spinal Tap, about how that should be the second Spinal Tap and how that one really wasn't a second Spinal Tap. Seems like something that Rob Reiner could be yelled at about.
1: Definitely. Well, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it either way.
3: Yes, likewise. Can't wait. Well, well, either I recommend way you
1: watch it. I recommend you watch it. There's a whole, whole thing about, like, portable wine glasses and things. <laughs> right. he's it's almost hard it's to communicate sold. with people that it, haven't inve- seen Spinal Tap he became an inventor <laughs> he, he became an inventor um, Nigel Toffnall did and he invented like foldable wine glasses and he's just there like <laughs> folded up pours a wine and it's just leaking out the sides <laughs> and like <laughs> passports for animals Things like that, you know. <laughs> the right. amp capo. There's another one. The amp capo. We talked about the amp capo. If you want to change the key of something, if <laughs> you don't want to restrict your hand motion, he puts a capo on the amp, and you can change the key of it. <laughs> right. So I, I. So you've still got the full access, but you can change the pitch on the amp. So, so they invented yeah, I, the drop tune pedal, is what you're saying. Pretty much. <laughs> and you watch that back now, and you're like, that's not far off where we're at now. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that's amazing. It was in 83. Thank you. Thank you for giving me something to watch later. That's phenomenal.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we run out of time with you, I wanted to ask so, coming back to writing, but not so much about music, about your book, um, can you tell us about how long it took you to write the book or how? Because I'm curious. You know, that that seems like a very big project and you did it. It's published, it's available. You know, what was the process like from, you know, your beginning ideas to, you know, getting it published? How did you go about figuring out how to distribute it? I mean, I think it's something a lot of people would want to know.
1: Uh, That's a good question because it was was an idea I had about 10 years ago was to write this book and it was like one of those, I'm just a guitar player, I don't write books, I love books, I love reading, I love educational books, I love all kinds of books and it was like one of those things where a lot of my, obviously uh, I went to the Academy of Contemporary Music in Guildford in, in the UK And a lot of those guys wrote for like guitar magazines and wrote their own books and i just saw it as one of those things that only the 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 elite can do this (laughs) you know what i mean like the regular guitar player can't you know so i kind of just put it out of my head going trying to get a publishing deal it's not going to work it all this kind of stuff kind of again imposter syndrome is like there's always (laughs) a reason for why i shouldn't do it then a lockdown happened and it was like, oh, and i just finished the last Cradle album. Literally, we started recording the solos on the day that lockdown was announced in the UK. So we spent a couple of days doing solos, just me and the producer going, well, this is weird. But, you know, after a couple <laughs> of weeks, when all this is over and done with, everything's yeah. back to normal. But it's going to be weird <laughs> for the next two weeks, right? Yeah. Not knowing it was going to be two years. So I finished that, and obviously I had a lot of on... Um, sorry... um lessons in person like most of my teaching was one-to-one in person i was like i can't teach them anymore so i made the transition over to online but i did find myself with a lot of free time because i didn't it's it's not like all my lessons went online like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden so i was like oh crap now i've got a lot of time off what am i going to do can't go anywhere and then a podcast exactly it was one of those things where i was like i need to do something to stay sane And I was like, I went back to the book idea and something really weird happened. I just kind of woke up about six o'clock in the morning and just kind of went, I'll open up the laptop and I'll write the first sentence. I wrote the first chapter and I was like, that just felt good to write. Don't get me wrong. It took a lot of like rewriting and drafts and stuff, but I ended up with like a couple of pages, two or three pages. And I was there going, I just actually quite like this kind of almost brain dump. Onto the the digital page on my laptop. I, I just enjoyed writing. The next thing you know. It was almost like right. If, if I do this every morning. Just for like 45 minutes or so. Who knows I might have a book. And that's what I did. And I just did it every morning. For about 45 minutes. Like kind of planned it out a little bit more. What did I exactly want to talk about. How I was going to split it up. And then it became more of a thing. I was like okay. This has become like a mini project. That like, I need to finish now. Even if it, I, Even if it never gets out. I kind of just. It's good to know if I've done it. And then when I finished it, it was one of those things where I was like, cool, I've written a book, I think. How do you publish one? So I did it the <laughs> wrong way around, basically, instead of thinking. Because I could have just done all that work just to keep myself sane, which is, I suppose, good enough reason to write a book anyway. But I was like, well, now it would be nice if people could buy it, you know. If this information might be useful to somebody. Um. Yeah. And then I I just asked around a lot of my friends who have either released books themselves or people who have publishing deals. And everybody said, just go on Amazon. Just do it yourself. Because unfortunately, how it seems to be now, especially with like guitar tuition book and just music tuition in general, no publisher will really touch you until you've got a bit of a track record on your own. I suppose it's like the music industry like in general.
0: Record labels.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't get a record label. Yeah. The record label will come along when you've already sold X amount of yeah. thousand copies like, completely by yourself. We, and we then want a piece of that. It. We want a piece of what yeah, you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the same with with books. So I ju- I, I did what we said and, and just did a bit of research into how to publish it on Amazon. And and went through that. So I had to learn how to kind of format it. There's like a site on Amazon. Amazon has got its own site where you can format it, upload it. And then it it was the best option for me because there's no upfront cost. Like there's a lot of places where it's like, right, you buy 500 copies of your book and then you have to try and sell them yourself. It's like, Mm -hmm. ah, I'm not sure about that. Whereas Amazon, it's pretty cool. You just upload it. Are these
0: printed a la carte? Are these printed as they're printed? Print on on demand?
1: Print on demand. So so you order it. Through Amazon. So you, you order one as soon as some, oh, somebody has ordered so it. Oh, they're so much money. Oh, yeah. They, of course they are. <laughs> Amazon do everything. It's great. So wait, if I want to write a
0: book and I want to put it on Amazon, Amazon will print it on demand based on demand? Yes. Is it a perometer of quality? <laughs> no, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> was it, did you have to go through any sort of editing process? Because I'm curious. Because I mean, you know, this is an amazing story. But did you have any guidance on the editing of it or formatting the chapters or how I, I, to put I, it together? I
1: did. I was very lucky because I used to be a lecturer at a couple of music universities, um, like between Cradle of Filth Tours. So it was like a whole year where I knew we weren't going to be on tour. I was like, what am I going to do now? And I happened to get work at two music schools so they were involved in obviously music education and music books and i had some of my old tutors i got in touch with them and yeah when it came to editing i kind of self-edited but i had a lot of those people proofread it for me and suggest little things and maybe the Mm -hmm. wording of this could be a little bit better that can be shortened you could probably go a little bit more in depth in this Particular chapter or whatever it was and it was just nice to have that because these are people who do work in music education and deal with these kind of books mm-hmm. every day so I was very lucky in that respect and then once all the proofreaders were like we're happy with that and I was personally happy with it it was like a, okay publish oh, and then that's and- it that is literally it you just like I got my friend Ali to do the the cover art because on this Amazon site, you can even go on the site and, like, you can make your own artwork on there. And it's super incredible, all-in-one. But I got Ali to do it because he's really good do at it. Do they keep
0: a disproportionate amount of the money? Like, cause, like, how much do you make on a book if I buy it for $15? Do you get, like, three cents like Spotify?
1: I think it's a 70-30 split in my favor. Oh, that's not really?
2: with With none of the, the upfront costs. That's great. Well, yeah. Um, with with publishing a book were there any parallels to you know because the creative endeavor releasing music you know like you said that that like publish button was that like the bounce to disc and send a mastering button you know like like do you, do you like do you like go back and look Pretty at much. it and go i wish i'd you
1: know fix that hi-hat <laughs> but in the, in the text this is the weird thing about the book because you have full access on the site so if you want to change it you can Oh, because right. obviously they're not all done. If you notice right. things or you go, you know what? I'm going to make a second edition. I'm going to uh, add some chapters. You technically can. It's pretty cool, <laughs> Like, uh, but it would just say Amazon will actually print it. Well, I, I, wish like, like, exactly like I wish you could do that. I wish you could do that for music to be on. I like, know, am- right? Imagine,
2: oh, uh, but it's second if edition do,
1: release. the way The way I see it, though, I see it the same as music where it's like, if i could keep changing it i would i kind of like having i like having deadlines where it's like right i'm done on this day have you listened to the led zeppelin
0: live album the song remains the same it's different than it is if you get it on cd or dvd and if you buy like star wars too you know what i mean like star wars was one way then there was a theatrical release so like you can kind of have a revisionist history you can and i i and I have actually a question. I, I, I actually wrote a book, and I was wondering if you'd write the forward to it. Um, I want to <laughs> upload it to Amazon. It's called Mein Kampf Part Two A 21st Century Guide to the Modern Political Landscape. Okay. Do you want to write the forward? Because you're already an Amazon published person, so you have like a track I mean, record, right? They could see the, the 94 copies I bought.
1: Um, I'll have to get back to you on <laughs> the that.
0: <course>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Corey's face he's just like no, no
2: I'm just
1: thinking oh, of how it. I'm gonna oh, cut this entire it part out while it's still I making sense
3: <laughs> well but before you cut too it's, much it, let me ask. Yeah, as he
2: as he reads that statement wearing a fucking clan hood it just it's like not there's going well God. in this episode no this,
3: there's just too much to get canceled for here so we're gonna just <laughs> oh, forget that one um no but really quick so in terms of the content though did you know when you had the idea for when you sat down to start writing were you pulling from experience having taught students or things that you wish that you could explain better lessons like where did the the inspiration for the content come from primarily
1: two sides to it there's the navigation of the fretboard the kind of fretboard theory like how do i know i know this stuff but where do i know where to go why am i always shackled with these set scale shapes whereas i was taught almost taught like here's our pianist learns a scale
3: Mm -hmm.
1: where it's like here's one octave there you go repeat it in the next octave why aren't guitar players taught like that because that's Mm -hmm. cuts out A lot of learning that I felt was never that needed, to be honest with you. Like years of learning scales that I was like, I wish I'd learned this method sooner. And I was like, why has nobody put it in a book yet? (laughs) Like, like not that I'd seen. And then I just, I am obsessed with songwriting. Yes, I'm a guitar player. I think it's the Mark Tremonti side of me. I don't know I'm a Mark Tremonti fanboy here. I'm going to interrupt you for one time because I just We only only got a
0: minute left, so. Well, this is Mark Tremonti. So Mark uh, Mark Tremonti said the exact same thing. I was just editing a thing when we had Mark on the show and he said, you know, if you listen to some of his songs, he goes, I'll do an arpeggio, but then I'll keep going up the arpeggio. And he explains it like it's some weird concept. And when I do that, I do that on the piano since I was six. And it's the same thing that you explain in this book. Your buddy Mark said he discovered that later in life like he's like oh you can go beyond that and then continue Mm -hmm. going up or down it tells you right in your book and you're saying it right Mm -hmm. now and then you said tremonti and and tremonti literally i think he read your book
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) wouldn't that be nice if he did (laughs) but but uh no like the way i see it like i got excited about songwriting even from a young age i was like why does this sound so cool again like we were saying like find the co- the cool part of the song where you go that really excites me what is going on I kind of just became obsessed with that and that's how I got into theory but it wasn't until I was at university where it was explained in a way that as guitar player could get it it's like great I know the theory but how do I put it on the instrument and that's kind of what my book was talking about and then once you get how to find it on the guitar it's like okay let's push this further you like the sound in this beatles song this is why this is why it works you like this thing in this queen song this is why it works you like this thing in this abba song this is why it works this john williams motif that he keeps going back to but how does he change it this is this is why it works. You can do it too. It's a great uh, perspective on on, teaching. Yeah, on the guitar. Yeah, those ideas. <laughs> and you give
0: great references of songs. Like so, if you don't understand what it actually means, you'll say a song. Hey, this is what this sounds like, and you can immediately hear it in your head without having to be in a room with you. Which I thought was just It's
2: great like ear when training. Yeah, it. yeah. So we can't recommend this book enough. We'll have a link to purchase the book in the description. Uh, and like I said, just holding it, you get five percent better at guitar. If you open it, who knows what's going to happen? But. <laughs> Six percent, six percent, an extra percent yeah. <laughs> and
0: worth, just like the way he wrote it, it, you have to just open it and read the first sentence, and then you'll actually get through the first chapter exactly.
2: just open Listen, it and get going Richard, it's been awesome like we we've missed having you on the show. uh, we appreciate you taking the time uh and and obviously uh, you're welcome back anytime. you know I know with with all the free time you have you're you're welcome to come <laughs> hang out with us whenever you'd like.
1: thank you, I do appreciate i I've, I've missed chatting to you all and it's been great and it's been a a bit of a therapy session a cathartic episode cathartic but at the same time it's been a lot of fun and I expect like a replica of Benny's costume in the post for us all (laughs) (laughs) absolutely for for the next episode all of us (laughs) in the dark
3: next time we'll (laughs) come in full costume
1: (laughs)
2: yeah right on <laughs> guys make sure you uh you go check out the book we'll have the links check out richard on social media keep up with him grab some guitar lessons uh and we'll, we'll keep an eye out for the new music you have please keep us in the loop uh and come back anytime visit 2020-d.com like and subscribe so you know when the next episode's coming out and uh we'll catch you guys next time Thank you as always for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 143 featuring Keith Wallen of Breaking Benjamin and his own solo project. Check it out.
1: It's one thing to kind of you know try some songs out and stuff in front of some friends and you know small kind of crowd but you know some of the places we played were pretty big and there was a lot of people there so it, i'm just i found myself just standing there looking at a sea of people with no one else on stage but me and uh i was like please god somebody give me some whiskey to numb the pain <laughs> like fast <laughs>